Fashion Questions. On each episode, we ask a different question to retail insiders about the fashion industry. This is where they share their views and insights. Brought to you by Hive. The group's fashion portfolio includes Moda at Spring and Autumn Fair, Pure London and Source Fashion. Stay tuned. Welcome to Fashion Questions. Generation Z, also known as Gen Z, is the demographic cohort born between the mid-90s and the mid-2010s. This generation is known for its digital proficiency, social consciousness and global perspective. As the first generation to grow up entirely in the digital age, Gen Z has unique characteristics and values that set them apart from previous generations. How can businesses connect with Gen Z? This is the question of today's episode. I'm Lena Vash, content editor at Hive, and with me in the studio is Austin O'Colo, co-founder and CEO of the Gen Z Club, and Eric Fili Gunari, founder and CEO of the Seed Link. Good morning and a very warm welcome to both of you, and thank you for coming to our Hive studios. And first of all, I would like to know a little bit of how did you get here? Um, yeah, so I can start. Um, so the Gen Z Club essentially is a community of around 500,000 Gen Zs where we basically provide monthly network events or quarterly network events for Gen Zs, um, you know, regarding all things from poverty to self-development, entrepreneurship. Um, we also work with companies to help them target Gen Zs. So we work with Lloyds Bank, Savills, Barclays Bank. So how we started was on Clubhouse. So I went to Clubhouse for selfish reasons. On to grow my personal brand, as you know, so you can request me. I think it's important. So I was on there to, you know, give value, grow my personal brand. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do something, I need to be consistent. So I did rooms every single week, like the lady to my left. Um, and we brought a massive community on Clubhouse. To me, thought, you know, this is great. Let's do a live show, see how it goes. We sold out our first live show in just under two hours, which was cool. That was August 2021. Fast forward two years later, we've done 20 plus shows, thousands and thousands of attendees, work with the biggest corporation in the world. Um, so yeah, it's been quite fun. <laughs> Wonderful. How about you, Arifili? So I'm the founder and CEO of The Z-Link, which is the first Gen Z-led social media agency that helps brands connect to Gen Z. So we started three years ago and we are now a team of around 25 Gen Z marketers, creatives and strategists. And we work with all kinds of brands to help them connect with our generation on social media, specifically through strategy and content. Um, and we also run a market research community <laughs> called the Gen Z Club, <laughs> to avoid confusion, <laughs> not Austin's Gen Z Club, um, with 19,000 Gen Zers all over the world to help brands understand this generation better. Also started on Clubhouse, but unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> and um, maybe for you, Austin, how can businesses connect with Gen Z? through social media or is there any other ways? Yeah, I think um, a big thing is um, I like the analogy of like a fishing, fishing net. I think you've got to fish in the right ponds. So I think you've got to go where Gen Zs are. So, you know, if you look at social media now, a lot of Gen Zs on TikTok, Instagram bills, YouTube shorts. So if you're going to go fishing, you're not going to fish in the small pond, are you? You're going to go to the big ocean with all the lovely fish. So I think that it's a great analogy regarding Gen Zs. Go to where they're at and try to find them where they're at and, you know, engage them there. How about you, Arifili? How would you say uh, are the most effective ways to reach Zen Z? To me, I agree with what Austin said, definitely being where they are. 
And also just making sure that you're providing some type of value to them, whether through content that they want to see or through creating a community that's valuable to Gen Z and that they want to engage with. So authentic human content works amazingly well on social media with our generation and community-driven brands and in general, anyone who tries to offer a community to Gen Z can reach them very well. And um, going back to you, Austin, how important is authenticity when trying to connect with this generation? I think it's very smart. I think that one, my generation, they were very smart. And, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of things and we kind of can see through a lot of lies and, and when the things aren't polished. Um, so, for example, we use influence, for example. Right now, market influence are really powerful because they're more believable. We can tell when someone's paid somebody a lot of money to, you know, promote something. When it's someone that they can relate to, someone's authentic, someone that's, you know, in their sphere, in reality, it's more relatable. So I think that being authentic is not only, you know, great because it's nice to be authentic, but also marketing-wise, it's very smart because people want to buy from people, work with people that they can relate to. How about you, Arifili? How would you say in terms of marketing, how can brands be authentic so that they can relate to Gen Z and... Uh, you know, how they can see through greenwashing, for instance, in terms of fashion? I think the most important thing, because you can't exactly say like this is a playbook to being authentic, is to be as transparent and human as possible. And the truth is Gen Z sees thousands of brands and ads every single day. They don't want to see another brand. They want to see a human voice and something more real. So when you let go of the notion that your brand has to be this polished, perfect kind of, you know, company, like corporation, basically, on social media, and start being more willing to showcase the human voices that make up what it is, then Gen Z is also a lot more likely to engage with it. One thing I'm big on now as well is vulnerability. I think that's something that's really, really, um, you know, underestimated how powerful it can be. I think that, you know, in reality, we all like to pretend that we live a perfect life. Everything's all rosy, but that's in reality. So the people that I've seen that are very vulnerable, they do a lot more, you know, they, they go a lot further because they're more relatable. And that they, you know, people want to connect with people that they can resonate with. So vulnerability is definitely something that is underrated and should be used more. Yeah, I just came across a post by one of Victoria's Secret models uh, where she actually posts a post about um, her giving birth, which uh, and it was a very personal post. Do you think that's the a way that forward for, for reaching out for this generation? Definitely part of it, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be constructed, you know, like being vulnerable for the sake of getting engagement. But when it's real, I think you can tell. And what values and causes resonate with Gen Z? How can businesses align with them? Uh, I'd say the most important thing is just being transparent about what you're doing as a brand towards Gen Z. Like, as Austin said, you can see if someone is just pretending or greenwashing or doing something to reach a certain audience. So Gen Z's values rely heavily around authenticity, transparency, like being real with the things you're doing, giving back to society, but not just as an act, like for real. And you see brands that do that very well and don't just do it as a marketing ploy, always, almost always like have great success. And I feel like as well, a lot of Gen Z's want to make a change. They want to have impact. They want to, you know, be involved in something bigger than them. I feel like a lot of brands that have used that, you know, sustainable brands, a lot of Gen Z's will support sustainable brands because they want to be involved in the movement. Um, a lot of great brands that might go into later about Cortez, you know, when you build a community around something that is bigger than them and you feel they're part of something, that can be really powerful. So finding ways where, you know, you can get them 
involved in your journey that can, you know, create impact. And I think that's really powerful because, you know, we, we've seen, we've grown up and seen a lot of things, you know, a lot of environment, environmental issues, you know, race issues, and we want to we change things and we want to be part of something bigger than us. That's really wonderful. And a big part of that is getting together and that's pretty much what you do. How hard is it to build a community? Um, it is hard, but anything that is hard is worth having. And, you know, if it was easy, you wouldn't really be worth it. So I think that when you have a community that you've built that resonate with you, you know, a lot of opportunities can come from that. So anything alive, I believe anything alive worth having is hard and does take time. But when you do build it, you know, my favorite saying is the room wasn't built in a day, but wasn't destroyed in a day either. So when you do the right community, it could be very beneficial to both you, your business and, you know, to the environment in the world. But they, they do tend to be switched on all the time. And how do you manage that? Because you cannot be online 24-7. Mm. How do you deal with that? Because um, you kind of grew up with that setting already, of in course. a way. Yeah, I think in a day, like, we're, we're, you are human, and you know yourself, and I do as well, we do live events. So, you know, we don't struggle to attract people to come to our live shows because although we are online, a lot of people still want to go into the real world, especially with lockdown, you know, with COVID. I think COVID helped us massively because people realised that, you know, online isn't all rosy because I'm stuck in my room all day, I want to get outside. So I think that, you know, there is opportunities to create in-person feeling. And if anything, that will actually build in, I'm strong from the connection and the community because there's only so much connection we can have online, but when you meet them in person, you can feel them, touch them, listen to them. It's more powerful. So any opportunities, like you mentioned, that you can get people to come outside to network in person, definitely utilise it. In terms of marketing strategies, how to appeal to their short attention span? So the important thing to keep in mind is that you like will read in a lot of Gen Z research, like, oh, this generation has a short attention span, so give them short content. But it's not as simple as that because our generation is the same that will also like binge watch 10 hours of a YouTuber if they like them. And it has nothing to do with like them just watching one thing for eight seconds. It's about capturing our attention in the first few seconds so that then we want to stick with it for longer. So that's why, of course, like brands on TikTok can succeed so well among Gen Z, because even with longer videos on the platform, like now you can have like three to 10 minutes, for example. Um, but if you have a great hook at the beginning or you can show from the start that this is something that Gen Z should be interested in and you know how to do that successfully, then that's the key to marketing to them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's so true. And that's what I that's where my mind went with the question that they don't have a short attention span. Maybe your content might not be great. Um, as she mentioned so well that Gen Zs will watch a whole television series, a whole Netflix series all day and it's like an hour long. They'll go through eight hours of binging power, for example. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they have a short attention span. I just think that maybe your content, how you're utilizing it, might not be most effective. Something to be mindful of. And how can brands overcome that? Yeah, so I think that um one of the ways is, you know, as I mentioned before, market influencers, people that resonate with them, I think having a, a hook is really powerful. I think one thing I was going to say earlier is that it's not short attention span, you've got more options. So now, you know, when you go for TikTok, there's so many videos on TikTok, so much competition, that it's easy to scroll past videos. So now if you don't catch attention the first three seconds, um, you know, they're going to go to the next one. So one of the ways we can do that is obviously copywriting. I think that's massive. When you're on platforms, the, the title, the caption is really important. And you've got to be find ways to be as creative as possible with your caption so that people can be hooked. So the first three seconds is important. Then it's about engaging their attention. One thing that I think works well is that as you post a video, make sure something new happens every like three seconds. So if you watch um, this one creator, 
and Mr. Beast, I think, on YouTube. If you watch his videos, every three seconds is a new camera shot, new camera angle, and it's done on purpose. So watch people like that and understand that they're always changing their camera angles, always something new, always a new colour to keep them engaged as the video goes on. So, you know, be a bit more creative and smart with it. And how about influencers, Erifili? What role do they play in connecting with Gen Z? Well, when it comes to brands, you mean, specifically? Yeah. Yes. So I think the biggest thing to be gained from influencer marketing for brands is that influencers are known and trusted by their communities already and they've built their niche communities very successfully in some cases. They already have the engagement rates that brands often do not because they're not as human. So if a brand can tap into that audience and let the influencer create content in their own tone of voice without trying to like give guidelines for every single part of the collaboration... Um, just letting the influencer do things in their own way, be honest, communicate with their community the way that they have been doing and that they know works, um, that can just allow the brand to have its messaging communicated by someone to their audience that's very targeted. And you already know it will succeed. But it's definitely also not a solution for every single brand. Like, mm -hmm. It's not a one-stop shop kind of social media marketing solution if you don't already have a social media strategy. I think that's a really, really good point in the sense that when you do work with these people, let them take control because they know the audience better than you do. And I've worked with people and you're sure you have where, you know, you work with them and they'll tell you kind of what to do. But it's like, you work with us for a reason because we can target Gen Z's like you can't. So let us, you know, we understand the audience, we understand what works, kind of let us kind of, you know, take control of that. I see a lot of brands that are struggling, they work with an influencer and they'll basically direct the influence on what to do. But it's like, you, they know their audience better than you know their audience and they obviously know what works, hence why you went to them. So if you are going to work with influencers or agencies, give them the freedom to actually do what they do and take a step, step back, even though it might be difficult, but something to think about. And what are the most or other misconceptions about Gen Z and how can businesses avoid them? Um, I think one is maybe that bit lazy, that they don't spend money. Um, I think that could be a big one that, you know, a lot of companies might not want to work Gen Z because they might feel like they haven't got spending power, but I think in generation, they're more likely to invest in, other, in maybe not other generations, but they are more likely to invest. Like, you know, I've seen Gen Zs, unfortunately, you know, be scammed for a lot of money. I've seen Gen Zs, you know, invest heavily in themselves for certain courses. So I think that Gen Zs will spend if it's something that they resonate with. Like, there's one brand called Cortez Fashion Brand. I think they dropped £800 jackets. Gen Zs bought it in about 10 seconds. So I think that, you know, Gen Z's do have spending power, but it's about what, how valuable they see what you're, what you're producing. Do you want to add anything? I completely agree with that. And I would also add as another kind of misconception about Gen Z that you often, well, because obviously, as we said before too, Gen Z is so passionate about social issues and so vocal about wanting to make changes. Um, a lot of older generations see that and they're like, well, it's just a phase, like you're just going through kind of a youth activism phase like most generations did when they were in their teens and 20s. But I do think that in Gen Z's case, it's the first generation to have grown up with a vast amount of information at their fingertips where educating yourself and talking to people from different backgrounds was easier than ever before. So learning and vocalizing your opinions and connecting with people that have the same beliefs is so much easier and that's why it like for gen z expressing those passions and those interests is so much more accessible than it was before it doesn't necessarily mean that they're just going through like a generational phase it's just that they are growing up through super different circumstances 
Awesome. Going back to the sense of community and belonging that is so important for Gen Z, how can businesses create this? Can they replicate this? Or, or, or of course they can. Everyone can do anything they want to do. Um, <laughs> so I think first step is value. I think that's the bottom line, like be valuable. What is someone getting from being part of the community? I think a lot of people can be quite selfish when it comes to business and marketing, but you've got to think about how can I advise somebody else? What can they gain for being my community? So I think the first step is being valuable, being creating something that people actually want to be a part of. What's your end vision? What's the brand values? What's the all these things? That's the first step. Second step is once you create a few amazing community with lots of value, how are you going to get people to know about it? That's how marketing comes into play. So create a great product, great community, then market in the right areas, you know, be on the platforms where they're at, as I mentioned before, fish in the right ponds, don't fish in MySpace, which is a small pond, go fish where, where they actually are. And then, you know, as you kind of build a community, you get people aware of them, make sure you manage it. Like I see a lot of people that, you know, they might want X amount of followers, but they, they can't even look after 200 followers. Like you want to get to 200,000 followers, but you post like once a month. So you can't even manage 200 followers, so how can you manage 200,000 followers? So I think it's important that one, you create value. Second, you attract the value. And third, you maintain the value and maintain the community and the relationships and connections. And um, can you give some examples of brands who have successfully connected with Gen Z? The Gen Z Club? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we, we, we are a brand, you know, we built an amazing community. You know, people have travelled all across the world, come to our events, which is amazing, you know, very engaged. Um, so that's something I'm very proud of. But as I mentioned, it took time, took a lot of value. We post about four times a day, all valuable content. We've thrown you know, dozens and dozens of events all across the UK. So, you know, we create something that was valuable and we made sure that we manage relationships as well. So that's an example, but also I mentioned before, as is a fashion podcast, Cortez, that's a brand. Um, it's really fascinating what they did. So like they're a streetwear brand, but they've got like London streets like absolutely going insane. I'm not sure if you heard of them, but um, <laughs> but um, your audience, your audience might have. So the one thing they did, which was so powerful, was that they released a new jacket called the Bolo Jacket. And to get a jacket, you had to exchange your old jacket. So they had people coming from all over London to come to them in person. They were exchanging, you know, North Face jackets, like high-end jackets for their jacket. So it shows how powerful the community is. The fact that they valued their jacket so much. And the only way you could buy it, by the way, is trading another jacket. So they literally showcase, you know, brands exchanging, you know, more expensive jackets for their jacket. So they do a lot of kind of guerrilla marketing all over, um, you know, all over the UK, so as a as a business, that's really create a community, you know, by being authentic and connecting the audience. How about you, Arifid? Um, what brands would you uh, give as an example that um, that have successfully connected with Gen Z, and what can be learned from their strategies? I think a few that are worth keeping keeping in mind are some brands that are doing TikTok with Gen Z really well. So some you've definitely seen. So a few are Joan the Juice, Duolingo, Ryanair, even the Empire State Building as a brand. So what they have in common is they all just stopped taking themselves seriously as a brand. They got rid of any just, you know, of just overthinking every single thing and running it by 50 people to get approval to post it as big corporations tend to do. Um, they just embraced a very fun and human tone of voice and were not afraid at all to show that there's a real human managing that account and engage with people, with Gen Z, like with that fact being very visible. Um, and in all of their content, you can see that they're just ready to jump on trends and have fun as a brand. And that is what has worked wonders for all of them with Gen Z. 
I think off that as well, I think if people come to give their employees, for example, the chance to actually create content, they'll be surprised how well it will do. There's one TikTok I saw, um, I think it was Morrison's, I think, and they had um, they got a store in Romford, and they got their employees to like, do dance videos, and they got, they've blown up on TikTok. They got like 100,000 views. And I can promise you there's people going to Morrison's in Romford just because they want to see these people. So I think, as you mentioned, as opposed to, you know, going through 50 people to post a TikTok that might not resonate, give your employees who are on TikTok, or maybe, who are, maybe even Gen Z, give them the license to create content for you, and you'll be very surprised what they kind of create and, you know, how, how far that'll get you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to both of you for coming to our Hive Studios, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Stay tuned for more.